giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go. Friday. Friday. Come on. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, the Skywalker Show Live. We're streaming on YouTube. We're on Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Friday give me a different type of energy, man. Coming up today, we're continuing our countdown to training camp. About 25 days, roughly, until the Cowboys get out there at Oxnard, California. I'll be there. We'll talk about it in the roundup. We got the dates coming to you. But today, we're doing our countdown to training camp storylines. I got two more for you easy day two more storylines we'll talk about kind of mini storylines under the radar storylines i want to talk about that with y'all cowboys nation and in the roundup uh the nfl they're not playing with these pete rose type of players out here so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit fortunately the cowboys have not been hit with any of these suspensions that have come down so thankfully so far right so far thankfully the cowboys have uh found a way to avoid that. But uh, the NFL are not playing. They're not playing with these guys, and they need to, fin- they need to figure that out some way, somehow. Uh, and then we have the dates in the roundup. But today, it's about the two storylines I want to get to revolving the offense. So we're basically going to stick to the offensive side of the ball. But if you want to call it, you want to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, you can. 351-999-3787 is the call-in line. 351 999 Eight seven is the call in line. It's Friday. It's Fan Friday. It's about the bomb squad. Bomb squad. It's about y'all today, man. How y'all doing this wonderful Friday morning? Uh, the number one Dallas Cowboys morning show. Come on, because of y'all. Because of y'all. Uh, it's the dead period, so it's not a lot of Cowboys talk happening out there in the mainstream. Unless it's, is Dak Prescott gonna do this? Is Ezekiel Elliott gonna do that? We don't do the low-hanging fruit here. That's easy peasy, right? We don't do the low-hanging fruit. We're going to talk about all the the small things that matter that lead to a championship for each and every NFL team. So that's what we do here, y'all. So stick around for that. And already, Toxic Tom throwing the Rosie O'Donnell shots at Stephen Jones. You know, if I had the the gall to do it, I would 100% say, Hey, uh, Stephen, has anyone ever said you look like Rosie O'Donnell? Uh, excuse me, please uh, take the uh, media pass from, uh, is that Skywalker? St- I would never get it again. All because of you, Toxic Tom. But, but hey, look, I think it'd be funny, though. All right, let's get into this roundup. And out of that roundup, we will get into our meat and potatoes of the show. Here we go. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. 
Round them up, boys. It'd be more like. Uh, Will of A to Z Sports, Dallas, please remove from the premises. Jerry Jones. Man, who gives a shit? <laughs> I gripped him up anyway. Give a good goddamn about him. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. That's basically what the NFL was saying, man. Uh, here's the list of players that have been suspended over the last, what, year or two? Calvin Ridley. These are the, the, the one-year suspensions. Calvin Ridley, cornerback Isaiah Rogers, linebacker Rashad Berry, defensive tackle Demetrius Taylor, safety C.J. Moore, wide receiver Quintez Cephas, defensive end Shaka Tony. Now that I read these names and I think about it aside from Calvin Ridley, these dudes are probably betting because they likely ain't making that much money out there. I mean, compared to their their peers. <laughs> but I read this. I don't know how true this is, man. The Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers, he won $1,000 on his own team last year. You can't do that, by the way. Like that, You have to know you can't do that, bro. But Isaiah Rodgers won $1,000 betting on his own team. It was a, a prop bet over under, apparently, on rushing yards by a Colts running back. Sir, $1,000? If you're going to bet, do it big, right? If you're going to do something illegal, do it big. And then you've got six-game suspensions, and these were non-NFL bets, but they were done at work, apparently. So... You've got the one-year suspensions where these guys were betting on the NFL, stupid. And then you've got the guys who were not betting on the NFL, but they were done at work. This is so weird to me, but uh, wide receiver Jamison Williams, we know about that. That happened a couple months ago. Wide receiver Stanley Berryhill. And offensive tackle Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, who is the tackle for the Titans. So a couple big names right there. Calvin Ridley, which already happened. Uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrari and Jamison Williams kind of headlined the suspensions over the last couple of seasons. It, it's just not worth it, man. You know, you, you're getting millions of dollars, even if you're on the practice squad or you're, you're, you know, a backup making six figures. You're still getting more money than most people in the United States of America to play a football game. So, so betting, what, for $1,000? What, what are you doing? You're jeopardizing your future for $1,000. That's goofy to me, man. Uh, I'm not trying to judge, but it's hard for me not to judge on something that idiotic. Now, the non-NFL bets, I think that's, I don't know. I think the NFL has to come to some type of uh, understanding here. If I'm betting on cricket or if I'm betting on baseball or or whatever it may be, I'm not betting on my team or I'm not betting on the NFL in general. I'm betting on a whole nother sport. I don't play, but I don't know the rules with that. Uh, somebody probably had to explain that to me, but the ones where they're betting on the NFL, that's silly to me. You definitely should not be doing that. And you should understand that that could definitely harm the integrity of the league. Definitely harm the integrity of the league. These young bucks don't know about, uh, what's they don't know about old Pete. They don't know about him. They don't know about Pete Rose. You better look it up.
All right, we got some training camp dates that dropped the other day. Uh, I had an idea of them, but I couldn't say too much. But but now that they're out there, they're official. The Cowboys apparently will start July 26th. I think they're flying out the 24th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then they'll begin practice the 26th. So let me look at these dates. So they will begin practice the 26th. And this is out in Oxnard. And the final practice will be August 15th. Now... I'm going to play a clip later and you'll hear McCarthy talk about pads. I personally like to get out there. If you're planning to go, get out there during pad week. And that will begin July 31st. That's where you can find me. I'll be out there for that second row right there. July 31st to the 3rd. Uh, I will be out there for about four days. And I'll try to catch all three of those practices. So if you see me down there, holla at your boy. Me and Vice Lombardi will be heading out there on behalf of the volume. Shout out to them. So... If you want to go see training camp this year, I highly, highly, highly recommend you do so after the first week. After the first week. That's where you can see Thanos versus Hulk, right? Where we get a Zach Martin versus Mozzie or or Tyler Smith versus Mozzie and Hankins. Like, these boys is coming to camp. This is what I appreciate about Hankins being in the getting far ahead here. This is what I appreciate about Hankins you know, signing early and not trying to pull the veteran rank, right? Like, ah, I'll sign August 10th. Hankins coming into camp right now. And when they put them pads on Hankins and Mozzie versus the Tyler Smiths and the Zach Martins of the world, oh, yeah, that's going to get us prepared for the season for sure. 100%. So if you're out there, I'm all at me. Yeah, 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 Iceberg. I'm not trying to be out there and these dudes are doing two-hand touch and we're excited because they're stretching. Now, I, I will say this as a, as a content creator, just kind of behind the curtains here. I mean, not, not something that you guys do not know. But if you get out there early and you're looking to, you know, improve your ratings or whatnot, the earlier you get out there, the better. Because you take a, a, a video of Dak Prescott stretching. Throw that thing on Twitter. Throw it on Facebook. Put it as a short. YouTube, whatever. 10 trillion hits. I personally do not care about Dak Prescott stretching. I do not care about them jogging. I want to see the pads come on. I want to see, you know, how they start to integrate the run game, put a pin in that, how they, you know, or, or how these guys are hitting. I know they're thudding up for the most part with running backs, but these the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, they hitting. How these uh, cornerbacks and wide receivers are battling with the pads on, getting a bit physical. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see flag football out there. And McCarthy got in trouble the last two years at minicamp for being physical. So this year, he purposefully he came out a couple times in the press conference and said, hey, man, nah, man I'm, not, I'm not trying to get fined. I'm taking it easy. So I feel like he's just got a bunch of energy for this team that he's ready to unleash at camp. And these boys are going to be hitting, man. It ain't going to be like old school. You know, if we get Nate Newton on there, he'll laugh at all this. It ain't going to be like old school two-a-days, but it'll be a little bit better than what we've seen at minicamp or whatnot. So somebody called in already. So what we'll do is I'll get to a quick little call real quick prior to us getting to uh, the two topics of the day. If you want to call in, you can 351-999-3787. You you jumped up in here early. What's on your mind? Going on, brothers. It's Tyrone from the Tyrone Milk in the chat. 
Oh my guy. I called in. Yeah, it was good, Tyrone. You calling in early, good brother. Oh uh, man, I called in early. I have to get on here. Come I try to call in. My call come out, my child. So I yeah. call in, make sure I can get on this time. Got you. Well, I'm uh, glad. I'm gonna, uh, let me save your number first, man. Let me save your number because whenever I see you pop up, gotta make sure I get you in. Dang, I'm, 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 I'm the side chick, man. God dang, you have a face. <laughs> What's good, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man, I'm on an all-time high right now, man. I'm leaving, I'm leaving a job interview for another police department. So I'm happy about that. Oh wow! So I'm, I guess I'm so excited. So I'm gonna take my girl some uh, some breakfast. Hope I get some brownie points. Get that double technique I got the other day. I'm <laughs> get about that. that. Double <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all, y'all hear what he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to one of y'all shows the other day. Y'all talking about y'all made a little Chris Tucker big. They had me crying, man. Yeah, yeah. Remind me of a remind me of a conversation me and my brother had my day. We was in the living room cry. He said, "Man, I wonder how the how the, how the game with the uh, Chargers gonna go when uh, when Kellen Moore come back." I said, "Man, it's gonna, it's gonna be just like don't be a man of South Central when we win." But uh, Kellen Moore gonna walk across the field. Mike, man, why ain't he calling me? Why you calling? They gonna look at him like they gonna look at him like nigga. I don't know you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> but no, I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited about um about uh yeah, bringing back Hankins in by Mazda because I yes, but I'm, I'm excited about the one on one. But I'm very really excited about the one on one with with uh Osa. Mm. I want to see what he's gonna be doing with the uh, with the one on one this year. That's why I'm going to be posting on board this year. And that's thing I'm gonna be posting on during the uh, training camp is the stunts. I love I love Dan Quinn, but I saw a lot of stuff was putting us out of position last year. I want to see him pull that back. I mean, we're doing to be kind to keep us in the keep us in the right holes and everything like that, like that for the running game. So that's what I hope I'll be hoping for at that point. I wonder. I wonder with the stunts because you're right. I mean, if you go look at the numbers over the last couple of years, no team out I think has run more stunts than the Cowboys. Uh, I wonder if it's because they didn't have the interior presence that they they should have mm-hmm. now. So if that's the exactly. case, you know, because I've been duped. I thought that last year, and look, Osa had a, had a good year, low key. Like he didn't have some bad year. Mm-hmm. Osa had a solid year, but I kind of predicted Osa to break out last year, thinking that he'd be allowed to spread his wings, and maybe he wasn't exactly. because he had to do more stunning to to get some interior pressure. So what if this year, exactly. y'all, with Hankins and with Mozzie? You know, Dan Quinn and Aiden Durday say, hey, look, we don't need to do a bunch of games as much as we did. We can let those dudes kind of just push the pocket or occupy two guys and allow Osa to get one-on-ones to attack or penetrate the A or B gap. What if What if that happens? If that happens, mm-hmm. then I think Osa could get loose and get busy. Yeah. That's going to be really, really, that's going to be really scary, though. Everybody getting one-on-ones like that. That's going to be really scary for the, for the NFL fans probably playing this year because got got parts coming on the head. You got Mark Wilson has got O's getting one on one, so it's, it's gonna be a big year for us on the D line. So I'm the last time I called down over here about the nine back, but we can one on one like that. Everybody getting free flows and God's limit for this defense, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think next week, um, and I'll, I'll let you guys know about the schedule next week because fourth of July. But next week we're gonna really dive into the defensive tackles with our state and the unit and uh uh see what we got there because it's definitely an improvement over the years and I'm excited about it. The question is, uh, my next question will be, uh, this is a what-if scenario. If Potter ended up going down, we kind of lingering injury or coming in late from the uh, ACL surgery. I know he won, but this is a what-if question. Would you feel with the chat, and would you feel comfortable with the running back group we have now, or would you want to bring in somebody else? 
that's a free agent. Fantastic question. Honestly, it, it, it fits perfectly in our segue here. We're about to talk about uh, the running backs in a second, but uh, if Pollard were to okay. go down, are you saying if he goes down in camp or in not general? Like, not like a serious injury, more just coming in late or just a, just a few games from soreness and okay, fluid buildup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just we we haven't seen these guys yet to really have that true confidence. I, I know it's going to sound mm-hmm. phony because I said I could roll with this room right now, but that's with Tony Pollard, right? <laughs> if Tony Pollard goes down, yeah, now you're now you don't you don't know what the running back room or what the running back scheme et cetera is going to look like. But we're going to talk about that in a second. So you, I don't I don't really know how much confidence I have at this second if you say, hey, Tony Pollard's going to miss four games. Right, like obviously, a lot of these dudes are more part-time running backs. They're more tandem-type dudes. They're not lead back. So, I'd be lying if I said, yeah, I would. I, I would want to bring somebody else in if I know Tony Pollard's going to miss. Would you say three or four games? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't walk him a Dalvin Cook or something like that. But the odds of that happening, though, right? Pretty slim. Well, you know, I got my question. My last question be for y'all, that's Cowboys fans. This for just for Will and people in the chat. What's the most heartbreaking thing you spend as a fan from the Cowboys? Mine would have to be probably the 2008 regular season when we both Eagles and the Cowboys were both nine and six, and the person that won the end of the uh, end of the game won the uh, last game of the season goes to the playoffs. Hmm. We walked in there and lost 44 to six. At that time, I was a teenager. I never yeah. spent a heartbreak, but that broke my heart. So again, what's the number one heartbreak that broke just broke your heart? And I ended up by saying, "Hi, Aisha. <laughs> she watching. I hope she's watching. You know, I hit up Aisha about that the other day, and she don't believe me. You gotta watch the show, man. Uh, man, fantastic questions all the time, Tyrone, to end this cause. And I wish this was at the end because I love taking these questions and then kind of ending the show with them because they're fun, but I'll play right now. Maybe we'll, we'll come back for a lot of old heads. I'd imagine it's to catch. I, I'd imagine it's to catch. Uh, maybe some we'll look at the Irvin situation, maybe some, the 94 uh, NFC championship game for me. It's not even the Des Bryant catch, no catch. It's not the 44, six. Cause the 44, six, I was about fed up with that damn team. You know, with Tony getting injured, he was kind of doing his turn Tony turnover thing. You know, it was just annoying uh, for the most part. But for me, 2006 season, 2007 calendar year, the Cowboys go into Seattle. Last year of Bill Parcells, they find Tony Romo. He turns his team around. I actually had a ton of hope. We get up there. Miles Austin returns a kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, we got the eventual NFC champions on the ropes. Pretty solid defense. Pretty solid run game. You know, Terrell Owens, although he was a bit nicked. That was that was the following year was nicked up. Terrell Owens. I, I was like, yo, we might be on to something. Go-ahead field goal. First of all, before the go-ahead field goal, a lot of people don't talk about the whole, this part before the field goal. I personally think they robbed Jason Witten of the first down. Jason Witten dumped it off. I think he got the first down. That changes things completely. Now you're first and goal, clock and run. You can run it out, kick the field goal, or score a touchdown. Well, that doesn't happen. They have to come out. 
kicked the field goal. Tony Romo fumbles a snap. Fumbled a snap, and I still got hope. I thought this man was still going to run in for a touchdown. Little did I know, his back was already messed up. But no, but seriously, uh, was it Kayvon? I almost said Kayvon Thibodeau. Who, who was it that, that, that got the tackle? But they tackled Tony Romo from behind. Uh, Grammatica's little ass can't block him enough. One of the smallest kickers I've ever seen in my life. He's like a horseback rider. Uh, and and Tony Romo misses in, and he's sitting there with his lie to you not. I think I was at a New Year's Day party, and, and I just sat on the steps, almost goddamn cried in that game. <laughs> I almost cried, dog. Like, it was that. It was that heartbreaking for me. Like, cause when you up there in PA and you're dealing with Philly fans and 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 Steeler fans who you know they went to the Super Bowl and won it that year. I almost wanted to fight as much as they was coming at me during that time period. But, man, that was the most heartbreaking one. At least, I'm going to just keep it this era of the last 23 years. That's the most heartbreaking one for me was 2006, going up there in Seattle and, and losing off of a botched, fumbled snap for a field goal. Are you kidding me? Babineau. That's who it was. It was Babino. Yeah. That one hurt. Was it I thought it was Babino. He said Hamlin. Maybe it was Hamlin. I, I thought it was Babino. But one of them two dudes uh tackled Tony and you know, I thought Tony was gonna score. You know. But that's the one for me. Uh the Des Bryant one sucked too. The Des Bryant one w- was terrible, but it just felt like it was so much time left in that game. Uh, and, it's, and, it, and it was, but nonetheless, I, I always say this about the 2014 going to the Packers. It wasn't a Dez catch, no catch for me. It was the fumble by DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray doesn't fumble that ball. I think things are different. I think things are different. <laughs> Six to midnight said, I did cry. Toxic says 2007 was his. 2007, the interception in the end zone, the uh, Patrick Creighton. He had two problems in that game. A drop where he could have probably scored and the other one where he lost it in the in the lights or whatever. Yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt. I can't speak for the old heads. Like Bobby Ellis said, 83 NFC Championship versus the Redskins. I can't speak for that one. But I figured maybe the catch would have been one that hurt y'all a bit. You know? But yeah, that, that was rough for me. 06. 07 sucked too. Back-to-back years losing like that. <laughs> And, and that's where the whole Tony Romo not clutch thing was born, and he could not get away from it, was what happened in, to end the playoff games in both of those uh, series to, to begin his career. Now, let's, uh, let's turn the page here, and we'll stick to offense. We'll stick to, to what we hope helps our quarterback, Dak Prescott. So heading into camp, a lot has been made about the Texas Texas Coast offense, right? A lot of the, the buzz around the Texas Coast offense has been predominantly around the passing game, not the running game. But I think it's the, the run game that will see a, quite a bit of changes as well. You know, we, we've talked about some of the concepts and in, in, in West Coast offense, getting the ball out quick, slants and things that will be incorporated, dumping it off to the wide receiver, you know, touchdown or check down all those things definitely matter and probably are more important in today's game however we as cowboy fans have been talking about this for years getting some type of legitimate plan of attack in the run game some type of real running scheme for this team and 
McCarthy spoke about the running backs a few weeks ago, and he low-key, he insinuated changes that I think are coming that I don't think are small. They may sound small when he's talking to us about it, but those small things could lead to large improvements from a run game standpoint. And for starters, y'all know how I feel about run game coordinator. We've got a run game coordinator, Cowboys Nation. Are you kidding me? Jeff Blasco was going to be the Cowboys run game coordinator. He's been with the team for a few years. He also was with uh, uh, Mike McCarthy as well for a few seasons in Green Bay. I think that's important to have a run game coordinator. In fact, we saw the impact of that years ago when Callahan was here and, and the inverse of that when we had a pass game coordinator who turned into the, into the OC in uh, Scott Linnan. But I want to just replay this audio from Mike McCarthy talking about the run game, the room, honestly, the running back room, but the run game and, and the, the nuances uh, that we could see. And then we'll talk about some of what he said and why I think these could insinuate some some major changes on the horizon. Here's uh, Coach McCarthy. Because there's there's a there's a lot of new in that room too. You know, we're asking more of our of our running back position from a responsibility standpoint and pass protection. You know, we've changed some things, and you know, our outside zone is going to be different than it was before. So, I mean, it's this is, you know, we've taken a first year approach. You know, offensively, so there are a lot of nuances. Uh, and technique things that are, they're going to be a bit different. And, and Tony, Tony's frankly chomping at the bit to get out there physically. So I mean, he's been, he's been there the whole time. But I think he's done an outstanding job in the leadership role. And I really like the, the young guys. I mean, Malik and Rico have really stepped up. You know, Deuce has come in here, and, and you know, and I think all I, I just really like the way the groups approached it. You know, they've all been. Um, you know, on top of their P's and Q's, you know, I think Jeff Blasco is doing an excellent job there. He's, he brings a whole different, um, you know, mindset and outlook, you know, from his background there too. So I think the bigger picture things we're doing conceptually uh, in, in the run and the pass protection, you know, there's, there's more responsibility there. And, you know, you know, we won't really get to see it until, you know, May 31st, which is the first day we put pads on. July. Um, so, you know, I think that, that, that will tell the tell a story, but I think the running back group has has really had a good off season. I appreciate McCarthy's his interviews. I said this on Twitter. Uh, he, he might be my favorite interview, not interview presser, uh, my favorite press conference coach since Parcells because he's he actually gives you a lot more than you probably take on when you first hear. It. Uh, so I want to kind of run down by that. First, let's start with Blasco. He said Blasco quote brings a whole different mindset and outlook salute and shout out to skip Pete, the cowboys former running back coach who came back with his second stint with the team a very well respected running backs coach uh who did some good things with this room he, he did some fine things with this unit have nothing against skip Pete, uh but sometimes when there is a different voice things are going to be different they're just bound to change and he said he brings a whole different mindset and outlook so I'm hoping with with Blasco having the offensive line background and with Blasco kind of seeing what works and doesn't work from the back, right? Like he's been here for a few years, so he knows what works for Tony Pollard, right? He knows what works for Malik Davis or what works for this offensive line. And now he can kind of mesh these two things together and the hope, because I'm not going to sit here and, and, and act like, uh, Blasco is going to change everything from by himself because this is going to be a collective thing here. But the hope is that Blasco, having been here for a few years, can take that step back and provide the things that maybe Skip Pete wasn't able to do here or, or maybe he has a better relationship with the coaches. 
But Blasco having that different mindset and outlook uh, could help out in this run game. And then he also talked about, quote, bigger picture conceptually doing things different in the run and pass pro, as well as a lot of nuances and technique things that would be a bit different. I hear nuance. I hear conceptually concepts. I hear run scheme. Music to my ears. How many times, Bomb Squad, did we come in here on Tuesdays, tape Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever we decided to do it? And we're just like, hey, this worked. Let's go back to it. Or, hey, this in week three was a thing when we actually ran the ball in this manner. Why are we not doing it until week 13? You know? So it sounds like to me, He's going to emphasize having a plan of attack. One of my favorite sayings or quotes in the MCU is when Captain America uh, asked Tony Stark, Tony, we need a plan of attack. He said, I do have a plan. Attack. It's cool. It sounds great. And that's what Keller did. Keller said, I'm going to just do stuff. You know, but once you get down there or somebody punches you back, what? how do you adapt, right? Or is there dribbling with a purpose is there something on top you know of that attack in case something happens or it doesn't work out or if it does work out can we action off of this can we do it on the other you know what i mean there never felt like there was any actual plan of attack when it came to running this ball uh for the cowboys and you could kind of hear mccarthy over all of last season and even in the offseason talk about how hey man you know we finally started to build up to what i wanted this run game to be able to accomplish game in, game out. And I think he was talking about from a number standpoint. He was talking about balance. He was talking about hitting that 30 carry number. Having a number is all fine and dandy. But if there is no substance behind that, I don't think it really matters. And, and that's kind of been my thing for years. There's been a lot of people that's, that have been screaming, hey, we just got to run the ball. No, 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 no. Run just running the ball means absolutely nothing if there is no plan with it, if there is no substance with it, if you don't have a plan to be efficient. Because look, you can run the ball 45 damn times and still lose the game or come close to losing the game or hinder your offense. But if I told you I could run the ball 28 to 32 times and it's efficient, I'd much rather that than running the ball 38, 40 times just for the sake of running the damn ball. And I think that's where people got McCarthy messed up. I think there's going to be more of a plan of how to run it that allows them to be more efficient. And in this presser, he talked about one, one last quote here. Outside zone is going to be different than it was before. Not tweaked. Not tweaked, but different. So this running back room of Tony Pollard, Rojo, Malik, Rico, Deuce, all are not going to make the team. We'll see, you know, who it is. But regardless, one thing that I did notice when watching all of these guys play is that I believe they can be extremely successful in an outside zone attack. We know TP is sick nasty with it when it comes to his vision and cutting. Deuce Vaughn is nasty with it too. Um, when watching Rojo during his Tampa days, if he sticks that foot in the ground and gets downhill, gets a cut, he can be tough because he runs angry. And Malik Davis kind of has that spark as well. 
So I think an outside zone attack is going to be good for this particular group. But I love how he said it's going to be different, not tweaked. I think different could be good for this Cowboys uh, running attack, especially from an outside zone standpoint. So buy or sell Cowboys Nation. The Cowboys run game improving under Mike Solari, because I'm using Mike Solari. He's our offensive line coach. Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. We talked about this from an offensive standpoint, but I wanted to center this down to run game. And honestly, I'm going to let y'all imaginations run wild. You can say improving is... Yards per carry. You could say improving is more efficiency. Improving is closing out the game better from a run game standpoint. Uh, improving is the flow. I'm going to let y'all decide what y'all want to consider improving. Because from a st- statistical standpoint, I believe Dallas was top 10 in yards per game. But again, much like under Kellen Moore, the numbers can be funny. Once you start to really investigate and dive into the numbers, you realize everything ain't glitter or are all things that glitter ain't gold. And that's how it's been over the last number of years. Now you can say, well, sky offensive line. That's true. I will combat that with, I've seen worse offensive lines be able to have a respectable run game. But I don't believe Kellen was ever equipped from a mental or experience standpoint to understand it. So that's kind of where my hot take comes in right now. I'm going to buy this without seeing a damn thing. And I'm going to tell you why here in a second. My Hattie B's hot take brought to you by Hattie B's Hot Chicken. Make sure y'all check them out. They just started up, I believe, last year, downtown Dallas, Deep Ellum. It was founded in 2012, though, in Nashville. Nash or nationally known for their authentic Nashville hot chicken. We all know about the varying levels of heat they got, right? Shut the cluck up, mild, medium, hot, damn hot, all types. I ain't dealing with that shut the cluck up though. Way too often. But if you're into that, make sure you head downtown Deep Ellum. Check them out. Or if you want it to be delivered or for pickup, hit them up at HattieBees.com. Register for a free rewards account and you get $10 off. All you got to do is put in that A to Z promo code and you get, or not $10 off, a $10 gift card. Basically a free meal down there at Hattie B's. So we get back to this buy or sell. I'm buying this. 100%. And I'm going to be completely quick and to the point with it. I'm buying this for the simple fact that there are people in the building that understand the run game more than Kellen Moore ever did. It's that simple to me. Well, Scott, we don't got Zeke no more. That's true. I've seen other teams not having Ezekiel Elliott either, and they still have productive, efficient, consistent, quality running games. You got a Tony. We got a Tony goddamn Pollard. Let's not act like we, we sitting out here, you know, with scrubs that are starting. No, Tony Pollard is like that. So I'm going to buy this one, Cowboys Nation. I think from a schematic standpoint, when you hear uh, Coach McCarthy talk about nuances, 
talk about, uh, you know, having an actual run scheme, um, them doing things differently, not only from a pass pro standpoint, but from a running standpoint, I think that's going to help this run group. So I'm buying this 100%. Uh, let's see, Cowboys Nation. <laughs> My bad, 6 to midnight. Uh, looks like a lot of people are buying this one. And, and let me say this. If you are selling, I get it because we haven't seen a damn thing, which is why I kind of made this my hot take. I'm kind of buying this. Uh, I'm kind of stamping it, actually, without seeing anything, because I believe in this experienced coaching staff understanding its team. McCarthy had a, a very interesting quote. Let me see if I have it. I do not have it, but I'm going to try to remember kind of what he said from months ago where, when people took his initial Quote about the running game, I think out of proportion. Um, yes, he said it. So I guess we got to take it as face value when he said, hey, man, I want to run the ball to help protect my defense. This is true. But he also said in the same breath, look, I get you have to have a quarterback that's going to that has to throw the ball sometimes 35, 45 times to win a ball game. But doing it every week. Nah, nah. We're not doing this every week. See, people forget they leave that out. McCarthy understands that, yeah, we're going to have to throw the ball sometimes. Like, Dak is going to have to, to win the game with 35-plus with 30 35 attempts sometimes. Every week? No. That is a direct shot at Kellen Moore. 100%. So, I'm excited for what McCarthy, from a mental and from a game plan standpoint, can, can bring. And, and let, me, let me throw in Solari. Let me throw in Shoddy. Because these guys have been around... I don't think Kellen deep down inside really cared about not just running the ball, but having a plan with it. Kellen was excited about throwing a rock. He was excited about putting things together from a from a passing game standpoint, right? His cool little plays and reverses and you know, annexation of Puerto Rico's and his mirror outs and things like that. But from an actual run game standpoint, he put something cool together and completely ignored. I don't think he cared. McCarthy, if this is true, does not care about being the number one offense is what he said. I care about being the number one team. So if this game plan calls for us to run the rock a certain way, that's how we're going to do it. If this is working and how we're running it, that's how we're going to do it and, and create an identity. So I'm buying it. Let's get uh, Jake the Great. Good, yo, yo, Skywalker Steel. What's happening, man? Good morning. Good morning, Bomb Squad. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling outstanding, dog. You know, you know what I'm saying, Skywalker? In the words of uh Law Nation, fan is short for a fanatic. Yeah. Right? And I am a fanatic of the Dallas Cowboys, and of course, you know, I am a fan of Ezekiel Elliott. But I've been listening Too to you. I done took my fandom hat off. And uh, I think I, I'm buying this running game. Not only am I buying it, I think I'm starting to take my talents to uh, Brian Piccolo, a.k.a. Mike Allstock, a.k.a. Hunter <laughs> Lemke. And, okay. and, and that's why I'm buying it, man. I didn't switch, took off my fandom hat, said, man, let me look at Hunter, Hunter Lemke. And I'm telling you one thing. If this man runs over anybody in practice or in, 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 in training camp, I am completely off. <laughs> he said, I just got to see him one time. You just got to see him run somebody over one time. I feel he you. He did one time. 
I feel you. Yeah, because I have to go look at him with a different set of eyes. And I think he can be a weapon, like a running back, halfback, slash the fourth tight end. So I'm buying all the way. And uh, I appreciate you, man, because, you know, I'm going to walk to that ledge every time. And it's not your job, but I feel like it's your job to get me back to, you know, take off my fandom hat. So, you know what I'm saying? Keep doing your thing. Great shoes <laughs> always. And, let yes, me, I'm buying. Let me say this, Jake. I, I don't, it's definitely not my job for to make y'all take the fandom hat off. I just acknowledge, you know, that we all have that aspect in us. We have our guys, right? I just say for a quick second, you know, for a quick second, just take off that hat so we can look at things objectively, right? And then, but all right, look, I get what you're saying, but this is my dude. I want him or her or whomever it is, whatever sport it is. That's all I'm saying about the whole Zeke thing. Uh-huh. Like, and look, I'm not even saying they got to be 100 percent out. Can we get to camp first? So I'm, can we get to camp in preseason and see what's good? Let these young guys get a chance to spread their wings before they're snipped and politics come into play. That's all I'm saying, man. And uh, one last thing before I go, right? In a 40-yard sprint, do you think Hunter Lipke can outrun Zeke? <laughs> oh shit! I don't. I don't. What was what was Hunter Lipke's forty time? Because whatever Zeke's forty time was in twenty sixteen, which was like four four or something like that, add about a second yeah. or two to that now. Not a second, but a, a tenth of a second or two to that now, because he ain't that dude no more. So I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, all right, no, but I'm gonna let everybody else go, man. The great show is always. Mark Paul, have a great day. Salute, salute. He might. He 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 might, man. I mean, I don't. What was anybody got? Hunter Lipke's forty, four, five, six. <laughs> Zeke was what four, four, six. I mean, it, it, look. I mean, it's just a fun question. Don't know if it means anything, but but but, what are we talking about here? We talking about week fourteen, week twelve. You know, I'm at two hundred carries, Zeke. Probably. Week one, Zeke. Maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, come on, come on, toxic. What are we doing here, man? Said that man got a fupa. Come on, man. Hey, hey, uh, too, too broke to pay attention. You peeped that L.A. night. Wait wait till you see. I think next week I got some L.A. night gear coming in. That's my guy right now. All right, let's get let's get Papa Doc on the horn. What's good, Doc? Good morning, Mr. Steele. How you doing this morning, sir? I, I'm doing great, man. It's Friday. Talking to y'all. Got some good stuff we're talking about, so I'm feeling good, man. How are you? Oh, man, it's blessed to be alive on a Friday. Let's just say that. Uh, any other day would be a blessing, but especially on Friday. Right, right. Look, oh, am I buying or am I selling? Mm-hmm. Whenever it comes to the Cowboys, you know, we buy. So uh, as far as Zeke, it's a whole lot of respect there, man. You got to respect that man and the work that he put in. For sure. Okay. But if he running the speeds right now, like we look in the San Francisco game, we got to, you know, come on. <laughs> It's all good. We're going to move on for that. We're going to move on, okay? It's been a long time since we spoke, young man. How's everything going in your world? Man, It, it I cannot complain at all. I'm blessed. Uh, you know, things are, are looking up career-wise. I just got to continue to keep my head down and grind. So uh, I'm definitely blessed, brother. 
It has been a minute, Doc. I saw Doc pop up. I said, I don't remember the last time he called in here. Yeah, it's been a little while. I, I'm coming out of retirement. I've been working out this whole time and working two jobs. So Ooh. it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and this heat. You in Texas? Old real fast. Oh, yeah. I'm in the eighth time. Oh, so you, you got it worse. I think the humidity down there worse than up here, man. Man, I had a joke for it, but I'm not going to say it on the airways. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let, me, let me mute you real quick. Let me mute you real quick. Hold on. Go ahead. Tell me the joke. You mute it. They can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't repeat that one. You're right. But that was good. No. <laughs> You ain't gonna be repeat that. No, sir. Hey, no, sir. listen, listen. This season, I am looking forward to this. I'm changing this up. I don't know if you know. Okay. But yeah. I'm looking so forward to this season because we are brand new. We're younger than we ever been. We we have the captain at the helm, but everybody's talking about our defense, bro. Mm-hmm. The defense is not the problem. No, no. Our defense is ready. They make adjustments at halftime. They ready. Okay. Our offense is, is the problem, even though we had the number one offense. But when it starts to get tight, playoffs, we disappear. How do you go from averaging double-digit number of touchdowns per game to kicking field goals in the playoffs? Yeah. And, and you know, how we looked with our field goals last season. So we just need to tighten up. We got what we need. We just need to tighten up. And one, and one other thing. Remember this name. Okay. John Stevens Jr. Remember that name. The quarterback? Steven Jones? No, 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 Ken, no relation. Oh, you're talking about the uh, tight end slash receiver bull? There you go. Wow. There you go. Hey, Doc, you are the yeah. first person, you know, to bring him. I actually brought him up very briefly, and I kind of said he could potentially be the TJ Vasher of camp this year, kind of that big body. Exactly. Six six, yeah. you know, and they moved him to tight end though, so that'd be interesting. I don't. I mean, I know his size. He could even play defensive end if they want him to. He has the history. His his dad growed up with me in my little town in northern Louisiana. Okay, he played for the New England Patriots. Running back, look him up. His sister is Salone Stevens. You understand what I'm saying? So huh? the history is there. The makeup is there. They just need to give him a legit, legitimate shot. And it's on. Hmm. We got talent, bro. We got talent. They recruit well, okay? They just need to let these youngsters play. And I guarantee you we do well. But I just wanted to call in. It's been a minute. And I had to put some nuggets on you. And tell Botch, I need to be a special guest on one of those, uh, uh, especially when y'all do that <laughs> Philly thing again, man. I got to be on that show. I'm just saying, man, that stuff right there is beautiful, man. Well, let's let's, let's start with this. Let's start with this. Call into the show. When we do the Vice and Boy Live show, call into the show, man, and, and establish yourself. And then I think Vice would definitely try to put in a good word for you. Oh, ain't no doubt. Oh, no, ain't no doubt. Trust me. I will be attending. My man. Believe that. Yeah. So y'all have a beautiful Friday morning, man. See, let's well. do this, man. It's let's on. Do it. Let's do it, baby. Appreciate you, All Doc. Right, my Good nope. stuff. Good to hear from Doc, man. Uh, I find that interesting. He brought up, I'm going to mess up his name again. I think it was John Stevens Jr. Uh, we briefly touched on him. I mean, I mean, this guy was kind of the, at the bottom of the UDFAs, and we didn't even do a spotlight on him, but 
Uh, I believe he goes about six six ish, two thirty. So this is not TJ Vasher in the sense of the weight, but this is in the height. Uh, Vasher was like six six, barely two hundred pounds. It felt like. Uh, where this kid it seems a bit thicker. Uh, look, everybody is going to get to camp and have a shot to make a name for themselves. We'll say that it's going to be tough for this kid to crack this team. Um, given the wide receiver room and, and the and the, the draft pedigree and resources put there, but uh, and if it's not the receiver room and it's a tight end room, still going to be tough to crack it there because you still got second round pick, fourth round pick, and guys that have been around that they trust. But talent is talent. Um, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this kid uh, just because Doc said he got something to him. So we'll see. I'm glad he brought up the receivers, though, because that's where my second part of our many, many storylines for Cowboys training camp comes in. Y'all remember the other day we came up with the term explosives for that group. I believe it was a group of five. Uh I don't know what else to call them right now. I'm just calling them the explosives, right? Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, uh, Cooks, Deuce Vaughn, and Kevontae Turpin. The explosives. And I found myself getting stuck on Kevontae Turpin. Because he fits the group. But will he be utilized is the question. So, Kevontae Turpin, y'all, we, we know we can't argue the value that he brings from a special team standpoint. However, I can argue there's some room to grow. He, he might need to, to get better there as well. Not even just talking about not scoring a touchdown, right? Uh, that's one thing we've kind of been making fun of you know, over the weeks is that or months is that, hey, for a dude that won all pro, he didn't score a touchdown. That's, that's strange to me. But there was still other things. There was the muff punt situation. Uh, there was the... I think he got tackled nine times inside the 20 on 21 kick returns. Not, that's almost half. Nine times he was tackled inside the 20 on 21 kick returns. Can't have it. Won't have it. In the words of LA Knight, nah, nah. No. That needs to change. And it's, it sounds like Turpin doesn't care for this... Uh, this new rule. This is what Turpin had to say about the new rule. I'm not fair catching anything. He said, quote, you got to deal with me because that's where I make my money. So you got to deal with me. If you kick it to me, I'm not fair catching anything. Only on punt return will you catch me fair catching. That's my plan this year. Again, I Turp, you want to take it out? Cool. But please get it past the 20. Or, I'm sorry, the 25. Because if you if you kneel, you get to the 25. So I don't even know what the numbers are of him not crossing the 25. We're just talking about the 20. He didn't cross the 29 out of 21 times. It's not a good number. But it's offensively where the story kind of picks up for, for Kevontae Turpin, y'all. He wasn't used on offense at all last year. And for me and a lot of y'all, it was frustrating because we didn't have a lot of pop. And we looked at Turpin and said, hey, this is a guy that can provide pop. But once the season ended, I personally established an understanding of probably why, right? Got the training camp. And when you get the training camp kind of in the middle of training camp, things are already established. You're not, they're not trying to get you to learn the playbook 
they're trying to establish what they want to use during the season in the playbook. So he was behind in that manner, which is why it was predominantly a special teams guy. Cool. I will give you that. But here's Turpin and also Coach McCarthy on what to expect from him offensively. Or at least Kevante Turpin talking about what he wants to do offensively. He said, quote, I'm going into this training camp basically trying to show them that they have no choice but to use me on offense. That's my mindset. And that comes from his exit interview at the end of the season where he talked to uh, all the coaches and, and they wanted to get him involved offensively. Now, it's not a bad idea to do so. The, the kid has ridiculous quickness. He's explosive. And if he's not going to be a guy that's going to be, you know, Devin Hester or Dante Hall, and return a bunch of touchdowns, then damn it, you need to provide something offensively, okay? But in order to do that, you have to get the playbook down, Pat. You have to know what you're doing out there. Coach McCarthy said this about Kamate Turpin a couple weeks ago. Quote, I mean, he needs to take a second-year jump offensively, and that's a complete understanding of the offense on the perimeter because he's definitely a piece you want to move around. So we don't just want to be in a position where he has to line up in one spot. And that's where we're working on now in the offseason. McCarthy is very, very big on these guys being able to do multiple things in his offense. I mean, he's been this way since Green Bay. Not a bad idea, uh, especially in this day and age of offenses where these defensive coordinators are smart, man. And if you can't be multiple in a certain way, they can take advantage of you. So these guys have to know multiple positions. And I will let I will give this a turpin. You came in late after playing a bunch of games in the USFL. So offensively, maybe you didn't understand the playbook or couldn't grasp it fast enough or understand the wide receiver nuances to get on the field offensively. I'm not giving him a break from a special team standpoint. But offensively, I will give him a break. But McCarthy said you got to start learning this thing if you want to get in there. If you listen to the interview, he sounded like, hey, man, look, we want to get you involved, but you got to pick it up. Um, shout out to Jess. Our girl Jess from Girls Talk, Boys Talk, DallasCowboys.com. When they were down there at OTAs and even in minicamp, when we talked to Pat Walker, also of DallasCowboys.com, she said Kevontae Turpin was getting plenty of reps as a wide receiver. So they are giving him every chance or they're going to give him every chance to get that ball rolling offensively because if they do now you explosives you can add to that from an offensive standpoint in regards to the receiver position because lamb cooks those are your two explosive guys on the perimeter throw in turpin just a lot of fun things you can do man you you can really do some things if you put turpin out there with the cooks and the cd lamb on a couple of packages Offense, I'm sorry, defenses will have to respect the speed and that open th opens things up in front of them. But if Turpin cannot get down this offense, he can't understand different parts of the receiver room, I don't think McCarthy's going to throw him out there because now we show our hand when Turpin comes in. Oh, Turpin's in there. It's a reverse. It's ending around. It's a just sweep. He's just running the nine. So that leads me to the question. 
buy or sell Kevontae Turpin having a role on offense CT Matt here you out <laughs> buy or sell Kevontae Turpin having a role on offense this one tough for me I want to believe it I want to buy it but here in June I'm gonna have to sell it. But this is one of those things where once we get to September, because of what we see down here at camp, or once we get, you know, a couple weeks into the season, I hope like hell this is a buy, 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 buy because of the, the potential. He's electric, he's explosive, and things like the potential to have this type of dude having a role on offense is through the roof. But I think I got to see it to believe it, man. I don't have, I can't say it with my chest. I can't. Because when you go look at the room, let's just talk about the room. You know, this is the backups, by the way. When you look at the, we know the top three. C.D. Lamb, Cooks, and Gallup, they're going to have, these guys are stamped at having a role. Jalen Tober, Simi Fehoko, because of their size and what they can do on the perimeter, they're likely going to be given a shot to establish themselves more than Terp. But I don't think it's far-fetched to say that Terp could, could provide more big playability. So he's fighting, you know, to get on the field just with dudes in front of him, you know, from the backup standpoint. So I just got to see it. So I got to sell it right now, Cowboys Nation. I got to sell it. I, I do want to buy it, though, but I got to see it. Uh, let's see here. Mark says, bye. With, with his speed, it can definitely be implemented into the offense. I sure hope so. Mel, shout out to Mel. He says, set on like prime day. <laughs> Facts. Prime day go hard, though. Uh, Lombardi, Jay says, Sim, Simi and Tobert will battle for four. And that's the thing. I didn't want to put, if you guys noticed, I didn't want to put buy or sell Turpin being wide receiver four. Because I feel like you can argue... You could be wide receiver four, but still you could be wide receiver four, Tobert or Simi, but Turpin can have a role. Turpin can still get seven to eight snaps a game uh, where he's doing maybe three or four different things within those snaps, right? Uh, last year, that wasn't the case. You know, Turpin, Turpin got like 60 snaps on offense all season. <laughs> you know, I think he had one game where he saw eight snaps, something like that, uh, over eight snaps. So he wasn't out there a lot. But if I could work him in there about eight snaps on average, I feel like that's a role that he didn't have previously. Marvin said, sell too much in front of him. Bobby says, buy, provided he has hands. I'll tell you one thing he got, Bobby. When he um, first came to camp, the quickness in his feet, and you don't often see it too much during returns because you know he's got to make a, a decision and then just go. But the quickness that he has in his feet, if if he can if he can provide himself to be kind of a Cole Beasley underneath slot guy, he's gonna route some dudes up just based off of his athleticism and his quickness. But what makes guys like Bees Bees and, and and Wes Welkers Welkers is their the IQ, the nuance, knowing how to set you up, knowing how to break you down at the stem, knowing how to coming out of these coming out of your uh, breaks. We got to see if he can do that. Seems a bit split. And I think that's fair. 
All right, let's get to these phone lines and end them. We got some heavy hitters on here, man. We got some heavy hitters. Let's get to Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. How you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Good morning. Happy Friday. Thanks for taking the call. So, um, yeah, I'm selling on Turpin. Okay. Um, nothing personal against yeah. Turpin, but I think he just needs to focus on, um, you know, contributing on special teams and maximizing his touches there. If you can't do that, then I, then I have no reason to think that you can be incorporated into the offense to any significant degree, um, especially given his size. But um, as far as the run game, you know what? I'm going to say buy under one condition. Okay. And you actually touched on this. You know, um, Kellen Moore's one of his flaws, and I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like I always come on here and bash him, but one of the things that drove me bananas is that the run game and the pass game were not married to each other. Yep. And to your point, it almost appeared as if there were two different playbooks where he was just running to check the box out of shotgun or some formation that gave us no chance at uh, moving the sticks at all just to uh, say that he ran the ball. What I want to see Schottenheimer and uh, McCarthy do is make sure that they are together and drawing up run plays that look exactly like pass plays. My point is, is that for every running, for every passing game that McCarthy has in the playbook, there should be a play-action pass that looks just like it. For every run play, there should be a play-action pass. And for every pass play, there should be some kind of uh, delay, draw, screen that oh. appears just like it. So, so that from a pre-snap standpoint, everything looks the same. To me, that's what separates the really good play callers like sure. Shanahan and McVeigh, yes. those guys. Those, you can't tell what the play is until you've already commit, your defense is already committed. And to me, that's what McCarthy and Schottenheimer need to do is to make sure that they are that those plays are synergetic to where they look exactly the same. That's I, then I'll buy. I was just about to bring those guys up because that's what makes and I know McVay had his struggles last year, you know, dealing with a lot of things, but that's what makes his scheme, you know, fun and tough to deal with when he's got the guys to run it. And, and what makes, you know, Sh- Shanahan, who is I guess the I don't want to call him the godfather, because that would be his dad probably. But, you know, he's he's that new wave of, of, of his father and took it to another level, you know, as they make these things all look the same. And it's like you said, synergetic. But, man, you said delays, draws, screens. Sir, I don't even know what those are the last four years. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I could not tell you, man. And, and seriously, it's, it's frustrating because those things are easy buttons, you know. And, and yes. you know, I can't help but think about the final drive, the real final drive, not the – the actual the last one in San Francisco, but the the one where the Cowboys actually had a shot to go down there and win the game or tie the game, uh, where I'm like, yeah. please just press easy buttons. You're backed up on your ten yard line with I know your offensive line was playing, you know, was fighting right. They weren't terrible, but you're still going up against the number one defense yeah. with an amazing front seven. Do not just drop back and think everything is going to be great because you know what's happening on the other side of the ball. D'Amico Ryans is going to give mm-hmm. you everything on that series. Kellen Moore is not going to give yeah. you everything. He's going to revert back to, you know, kind of, all right, man, this is what I know. And what happened? No easy plays. We come out the very first play, and those boys read it like a book. You're going to go yes. to uh, Dalton Schultz because you're trying to get something quick, and you think this is easy, but it's what we know, right? There wasn't an easy button. There wasn't a screen. There wasn't a draw. There wasn't a delay. There 
nothing to kind of get this thing rolling on a positive momentum. And what happens, almost pick, next play, trying to throw it deep to, to Gallup didn't work. And in the final play, uh, I think it was a sack. So, yeah, it's important to have those yeah. easy plays. I, absolutely. And, and, and I'll say this, and I'll, and I'll hang up and let you get to the other calls. The, the, the thing that I think a lot of people with Dak Prescott, you know, it's very easy to criticize, you know, some of the shortcomings. But what people don't realize is that he doesn't, Dak doesn't get any easy plays, right? Because if I dump the ball off on a well-organized and a well-designed screen pass on maybe a third and five, and then I end up getting 10 or 15 yards out of it because the defense is playing pass, that's going to go down in the playbook as a pass for 15 yards. You know, you're going to get, uh, you know, some additional plays on a new set of downs. Your efficiency goes up. Your stats look better. Those are cheap, easy yards that Dak never gets. He gets all the tough yards, right? Yep. The, the, the skinny posts in tight cover. I mean, you're not going to be able to make a living off of that. No. And people get angry at him because he can't. Well, how about my offensive coordinator actually design situational football where I can actually surprise the defense and actually take advantage of some uh, tendencies on the defense, and so I mean, when you're able to scheme things up like that, you're 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 going to be able to improve your stats. Uh, your quarterback's going to get the credit for it. So that's yeah, that's it, something that an area they need to fix. And you improve your efficiency. You know, we stats is stats. Kellen know how to fill up the stat box, but but you improve your efficiency. Yeah. I don't get how you don't look at uh, a team like Philly in your own division and say, or, or the Giants. They they had a fantastic screen game too. But Philly, New York, uh, San Fran did it, you know, Kansas City, and see how just their screen game, Glenn. I'm just talking about their screen game. Their screen game is so mm-hmm. nuanced that they got multiple screens yeah. without within the same formation or same play. That they can go to either side. They can they can get you going one way and come the other way. But but the Cowboys, like Professor O said in the chat, man, our screen game, I can't, bro, it looked like some stuff from nineteen ninety two. It, it, it's telegraphed from a mile away, and then half the time you're trying to run the screen to a goddamn Dalton Schultz. I mean, what yeah. are we doing, man? You know? Yeah. So. yeah. So, so as long as those two marry each other, Schottenheimer and McCarthy, running game, pass game, I'll buy it. If they don't marry each other, it's going to be the same. But I'm, but I'm leaning towards buy because I like the composition of the running backs. They can now run horizontally, whereas I think Zeke was fairly limited on a horizontal run game. So that's yeah. my two cents. Thanks for taking the call, and I'll keep listening. Always. Always, Glenn. Good stuff, man. Yeah, I, look, we are working right now on our press pass. Um, and this year, I think it's going to be more exciting to, to, to be able to try to talk to Coach uh, on, on the record and off the record. And one of the things I'm thinking about asking him is about the screen game because no one has really talked to McCarthy about that just quite yet. And uh, if we can get the the past the entire time we're down there, the better. You know, uh, we'll be able to try to get some things that you know we've talked about a lot on here, but they don't really bring. The, and, and this is no knock on those those guys down there do a fantastic job covering this team. The beat, you know, the beat, you know, they're fantastic. But um, I'm I am curious to know if we're going to see more in the screen game. If we're going to see more draws, uh, delays, things like that, because those things are easy button plays to get either your quarterback going, your running back going, your offensive line going, your receivers going, that as Glenn talked about, I just don't think we really had. We made things more difficult than they needed to be, uh, I think, consistently. 
And some can say, well, I don't care. I paid a quarterback $40 million. Figure it out. Fair enough. If you're if your idea of offense is I don't want to make things easier for my quarterback because he's getting paid 40 million dollars, you are entitled to your opinion. I look around the league and I look at some of the great quarterbacks in this league, their team, their coaches, their franchise, they're doing everything in their possibility to make things easier for their quarterback. That's just the way it goes, man. L. Gene, what's good, man? How you doing? What's good, Scott? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Got you loud and clear. Hey, what's going on, Scott? Man, uh, one of the things I had uh, was thinking about, I heard it was the last word yesterday. Uh, by the way, that was a good show with those guys. I heard you'll be on today, I believe. On what now? I'm sure. The last word. Uh, oh, the, fi- I, I was the final word. Yeah, yeah. The I, final word. Yeah, yeah, the final word. I was on a couple yeah, days man. ago. Yeah. A couple of days ago. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, I haven't got had a chance to get caught up with it. Yeah, Wednesday show. Check out Wednesday help. show. What's going to help this offense and defense, and it varies hand in hand, is scoring on opening drives. And I think that's what set Philadelphia's defensive line apart from ours. Mm. If Philadelphia would get up on opponents quick, bang, bang, get yeah. up on them. So they were able to peel their ears back. Now, if you notice the games where they, they were close with, like, the Colts, you would run, they, they, teams were able to run the ball on them, tire them out. Yeah. I think that's kind of what happened with us last year. We came out on this record-setting pace of sacks, and teams figured out, okay, if we can slow them down, we can run right at them. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is able to figure out oh, he, a way to finish these drives, especially early in the game. I really believe it's going to set our defense into a different, you know, strategy. We'll be able to feel our heels back, and you'll see Sam. Sounds like you on the runway, bro. Uh, you, you must be you must be outside because it sounds like you on the runway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can hear you, but I can hear the wind is what I'm saying. Yeah, man, get, getting out to fast starts is, is is critical when you when you are a defense that at that point in time primarily leaned on your pass rush, right? Like last year, the Cowboys weren't known to be a vaunted run defense. Excuse me. They weren't known to be a vaunted run defense, so it was even more important to get out. And that's why at the be, you know, beginning of the year when Dak went down and, I, you know, a lot of people look, we thank thank Cooper Rush for his services at that time for not you know effing it up completely right. But good lord, they made it tough on the defense <laughs> because the defense could never just pin its ears back. They were playing quarter one through four. I can't make a mistake type of defense, and that's why I think they should be commended for what they were able to do. Uh, but if you can get out to fast starts offensively, that would definitely make it easier on your defense, and that's something that the Cowboys are very inconsistent with. Um, the last number of years. I remember I did a statistic in 2021 on opening touchdown scores, not drives, scores. And the Cowboys did not fare well when you compared them to some of the other better offenses in the league. The first 15, we talk about a lot, very important. It, it, it never really felt like the first 15 had had meaning to them, uh, had, had set up preparation, uh, purpose, it just felt like, hey, man, here we are. Let's go. And then the times where it did feel that way, I think you saw it in like the, I think it was the Bears game. I felt like you could see them setting up 
the Bears for what they wanted to do. But, yeah, that first 15, getting out in the first quarter, like you said, the Eagles were the best first quarter team in the league last year, and it, it 100% helped their defense. Absolutely. And I think that's when you'll see Cowboys really take the level. Hey, Scott, I know you got other callers, man. Yeah. God bless you, man. I hope you enjoy your fourth, man. And uh, go Cowboys, man. I right, appreciate you, uh, L, and enjoy your weekend, brother, and I will see you next week uh, here on the show, brother. Enjoy your fourth. Hey, yes, sir. An- another question I-, I might I might want to bring up. Let me write these down. Will the first 15 look different? Yeah, and maybe I'll tweak that a little bit, but I think that's that's legitimate. You know, I look at how Shanahan and and, and, and I always use Shanahan McVay, but but there's other coordinators, Callahan over in uh, Cincy, Dayball, definitely. I tell you what, I watched a lot of Giants football last year, and I don't know if my man Authentic is watching, but uh, I I bet Authentic could could come on here and and back this up. But it felt like Brian Dayball definitely had a purpose in what he was doing early. Whether it was successful or not, there was there was there was something purposeful to it that might have led to some success later. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing. All right, let's get Marcus and then my oost to end the show. What's good, Marcus? <laughs> Happy Friday, Scott. How yes, you doing, sir. man? I'm doing great, man. About to be fourth. Look, the fourth the fourth weekend celebration kind of uh-huh. comes at a, a cool time because you, a lot of people get that Monday and Tuesday off. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey man. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy all that time. Man. I'm gonna be out here doing my thing. Um, hey, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go back to this to this turpin thing a little bit. I'm okay. feeling like you. Only because I, only because yeah, we have to see something. Yeah. But I, I want to think a little bit outside of the box on that with him, and uh, hopefully, you know, Mike McCarthy and them, if they're serious about incorporating him, you know, in in a meaningful way in the offense, it seems kind of like a no-brainer that you try to get him in on the wide receiver side. But I think you have to again remember the player and think about what the player does well and what does Turpin do well. He he, it, it's a run after the catch. Thing you want to yeah. do is get the ball in his hand. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed if I was Turpin, if he's really trying to be a contributor, or if Mike McCarthy's serious about using him in a meaningful way. Hey, let him take some reps in the backfield as maybe you know, not a running back, but a flanker or something like that. Like we see, like you said, like we've seen with San Francisco, they got guys that can line up in different spots. It's really not about the, the position of the wide receiver or running back. It's where they are on the field and, and how you intend to get them the football where they are. You hey. can put Turbin in the slot, you know, but hey, why not have him a, flat, a flanker or a satellite guy yeah. or, or something to the effect of, hey, we're going to give you the football here. You know, you're, 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 you're essentially recreating uh, a, a, a punt return or a kick return situation for him. Now you're that, doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think a little bit. Yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I would do with him if, if it was me, if I was going to experiment or if I was serious about using him. Because again, the explosiveness is the. I'm sorry, the explosiveness is what you want. Yeah, explosiveness is what you want to incorporate, he, and you want to do it the way that that Turpin is most familiar with and most comfortable with. Even though that's simplifying the offense, and it, it, as far as the receivers and the route running and the route concepts, things of that nature, he's really getting on at, at the same level that everybody else is, no matter what the experience level is. It's right? only so this new offense for everybody. 
But I'm just thinking about Turpin specifically. What do you think about that? It's only simplifying it if that's all he does. Uh, I, there's uh -huh. nothing wrong with putting him back there from time to time. And I, I think you absolutely have to pitch it, though. Like, it has to be a toss. It has to be maybe somewhere uh -huh. where it's like a 21 look where, you know, it's, it's an offset type of situation where you got TP and Turpin back there. But I don't think you can just mm – -hmm. <laughs> I don't think you can just hand the ball. Like, he's too small to, like, do hand the ball off type stuff um, because you can mm -hmm. do that with Deuce. Like, Deuce is the satellite yeah. back to me. I think I think Deuce provides more versatility in the sense that he can actually run the ball wherever you want, however you want, and he can uh -huh. go out there and, and, and do the, the receiving things that you want him to do. So I think it's just a matter of do I want to give Deuce that opportunity or Turpin? And yeah, in, in that exactly. case, I, I guess I got. Uh -huh. I guess there's a wait and see approach, but I, I would lean more more towards just give just give uh, Deuce the rock in, in that case. If you're going to put Turpin in the backfield, um, but right. from, from a time to time, no, I don't see what's wrong with that. Maybe you motion him from out the backfield. Maybe you motion him in the yeah. backfield and get him some momentum going, and then you throw a quick screen to the outside, or you you toss it to him so his <laughs> momentum's already moving. But I mean, if you yeah. go look, go back and look at the quote uh, from. Coach McCarthy, he said, because he's definitely a piece, you want to move around. And moving around could be in the backfield, Marcus. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, again, my thought with that is uh, as long as, and your, your, your caller previous said it, as long as things are married, uh, run game, pass game, as long as those concepts and those formations are married, mm -hmm. let's say you have Deuce back there and you run four or five plays with Deuce, um, doing those satellite things, doing those swing things, doing those tall things, doing those screen things. You put Turpin in there in that same position, you're doing the same thing with a different player, but it, it looks the same and you really don't know what's coming because you've yeah. handed it off. I'm not saying you're going to hand it off to Turpin, but I think that's what you, you, you try to do. Get him in space. You try to make it all look, yeah, yeah, you try to make it all look the same even even when you got different people on, in different spots on the field. So that's my whole thing. And I, I, don't know if that, I don't know how that works or how that looks, but if I'm thinking – about getting Turpin on the field offensively, I'm thinking about starting him off doing what he already does yeah. and does at a, if you want to call it a Pro Bowl level, you know, that's what he does at the Pro Bowl level. He runs with the football. He's a yak guy, essentially, basically. So you want to get him the ball quickly so that he can go make somebody miss and get that speed out and open and take it to the house. So that's what I would think would happen. But uh, other than that, man, uh, you know, I want to keep you since I'm the last call. I'm going to wish you, uh, again, a happy holiday, and thank you for taking my call. And I'm going to do something about my phone, man. I know it's been dropping when I call because it, 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 it's something going on with it. That's what I get for messing with this technology. Like, I know what the hell I'm doing with it. But I'm going <laughs> yeah, to yeah, the, so the, the other day it was something, <laughs> but, but you're good to go, man. You're good to go now. <laughs> All right, boss, man. I'm going to let you next time. Have a good one. All right, big dog. Appreciate you. I'm sitting here trying to find find a play um, that that Mark not, he wasn't talking about this play. Marcus wasn't talking about it, but the uh, Bears game, uh, Kevontae Turpin kind of did some of the things that Marcus was talking about, where we he, I think he was motioning in the backfield, and it wasn't. I don't think it was an end around. It was a jet sweep, but it was it was similar to that. I could be wrong, but I, I can't find a play. Uh, I didn't. I should have clipped it and brought it up here, but things like that. Yeah, I think you can mix mixed in with Kevontae Turpin, but it sounds like Coach McCarthy wants Turpin to understand the wide receiver position, especially on the perimeter, 
so he's not, as you said, uh, Marcus, narrowed down to to one thing and, and, and kind of bogs down and, and shows your hand offensively. The more these guys can can do multiple things, the tough the tougher it's going to be. Uh, two broke. He asked a question. Could you see like a two back assist, uh, split formation with Tony Pollard and Turpin? We saw with Zeke and, and Tony Pollard. Now, ironically, and I think Professor O might actually have the exact numbers. Uh, ironically, that set was terrible from a production standpoint for the Cowboys. Now, there were plays that worked, at least in 2021, that they could have went back to. And maybe it was terrible because they didn't utilize those plays consistently. But sure, I mean, could you could you theoretically see Turpin and TP in the backfield with receivers out there? And now you're saying, well, how are they going to match this? They're coming out in diamond, they're coming out, coming out in nickel, or are we going to get Turpin or TP matched up on a linebacker? That's a mismatch all day. If he can pr- prove to be able to do these type of things, it can definitely elevate that explosive aspect on your offense. So definitely should be rooting for him to do it. Rolo said if Turpin can't do anything but return, he might get cut. And, and that is something we kind of talked about like right away after the season, you know, especially when we start looking at wide receiver in the draft is that, look, if you're going to be just a returner, Rolo, he has to be unbelievable. And maybe he gets in the preseason and maybe he returns a couple for touchdowns and we're not even talking about this or thinking about it. But if that's all you're going to do, man, you can't, not make the 20-yard line 42% of your kickoff returns. Can't happen. It cannot happen. And then you you aren't providing anything offensively? Nah. So he's definitely got to improve. And, and from the tone of Mike McCarthy, I think he's putting pressure on Turk. And they're going to give him a shot. All right, let's get to my, my Uso here to end the show. What's good, man? How you doing, brother Steele? I'm doing fantastic, man. We the ones. Hey, happy Friday, man. Happy Friday, big dog. Hey, what you call, man? You speaking to the choir with Kellen Moore and the screen game stuff. Man, while I'm listening to it, I'm just all like, it brings back all the memories. It just, like, brings up all the heat of that moment. I'm just like, damn, man. You speaking to the choir on that one. I can tell you right now, you go to Kellen Moore's house, man. I bet you it's straight windows. Ain't no screens on there. He got a, a phobia against <laughs> Look. You know, part of me, though, wants to say, well, now he's in um, L.A. And, and and Eckler is one of the best receiving running backs in football. And, and they, they run a screen pretty good there and things like that. But then I'll counter my own damn self and say, well, damn, Tony Pollard was one of the best receiving running backs in football. And he just completely ignored that aspect. So who knows what he's going to do over there. But on your, your questions of uh, buy or sell, I, I wanted to bring up a point, PC, that helped me with my answer. Okay. Brian Curtis was talking up on the, the Love of the Star, and he was just talking about the position groups and what we usually keep. He said he brought up our infatuation with keeping a surplus of receivers just because we have a lot of people we want to keep this year. We're trying we got to make give me some, some business decisions and stuff. Yeah. He says we usually go and have an infatuation with a, a surplus of receivers, but he thinks this year – we should really buckle down on keeping them as much linemen, D-line and O-line included. Hmm. Do you agree with that, or do you think we should buckle down on keeping extra receivers and extra running backs? Where's the roster spot you think we need to protect in terms of surplus? Uh, the number game is going to be hard because this team is, is, is fairly either 
super deep defensively, right? They're deep, right? Or offensively, they got a lot of assets to certain players. So did he give a number to the receiving room? Did he, did he say five, six, seven? Did he give a number? I think he said this year we're, we're going to keep – he thinks we're going to keep about six. But, but he says well, usually we – and past we've kept more. Well, actually, if it's six, that's about right. That's normal. So, you yeah. know, so is he, is, he, is he saying they should cut that down to five? No. Well, I think he said he's pretty okay with six. I'm not too sure. He said, I just know that he wants to keep the surplus of the uh, of the roster spots in the D-line, O-line room, just because it's harder to find in midseason. Sure. I mean, I mean that, that's fair, but it sounds like he's saying that at the expense of wide receiver. So, it, it, it only make it only this only makes sense if he's talking about cutting it down to five because I believe they didn't they do six last year even with a with a terrible wide receiver room after C D Lamb I think they still carry six technically you got to count uh, Gallup because Gallup didn't go on IR Gallup wasn't so yeah Gallup Lamb Noah Turpin Jalen Simi and Dennis they won like seven last year though. is that seven one two three four Five, six. Yeah, they won seven last year. He brought up Dennis and how it, it put us in a tough spot with uh, Ridgeway. He believes that Dennis Houston's decision ultimately led us to give up Ridgeway. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Dennis Houston was cut, if I'm not mistaken, before they cut Ridgeway. I could be wrong. Yeah, that, but I, I thought they cut Dennis Houston after fine. week two. The, the What cost Ridgeway was Jerry Jones' idiotic decision not to put Dak Prescott on IR. You put him on IR, you, you open up a spot, you keep Ridgeway. But that's a whole different discussion. Uh, I think they go six again this year. I think you got your big three, and then Jalen Tobrissimi and Kevontae Turpin. I, you know, Jalen Brooks is a drafted guy, and they normally don't cut drafted guys. But who is Jalen Brooks? Who are you? You know, you, you cutting Semi for Brooks? Semi looks to be wide receiver four as we speak, right? Tobert is improving. Yeah. And unless Kavate Turpin absolutely falls flat on his face, it seems like he has a spot on this roster. So I don't think I'd go seven this year like they did last year. I would go six. And if that means I keep more D-linemen or O-linemen, I agree with Brian. Yeah. So only way I'd buy it is if, if we're not going to keep as much receive, you need Kavate Turpin to be that guy. Like, I'm not saying he has to be a, a number three, number two wide receiver, but you do need him to be involved it doesn't like that's why I love that we're talking about the screen games and and um, all these other ways of of getting him involved because you don't have to be like Cole Beasley. We can get him in other ways of of getting him involved in the offense. Yeah, maybe taking a bit of that Lance Dunbar role I was telling you about before. Obviously, not being from the running back perspective, but just taking screens at in timely moments. You mean? Yeah. Um... It's tough when you bring up Lance because I feel like we got a couple of those dudes in the in the backfield already, you know, in regards to Deuce Vaughn and, and um, TP. Like, those two guys can, can do some of those things. Yeah, and then about the running back room, I'm just, for me, I, I could say sell, buy, but I'm always buying on the Cowboys, man. I can't. What, what can you do, man? But I, I love this room because of Tony Pollard, man. If Tony Pollard is in the equation, I love it. I'll, I'll, I buy in, throw him through the fire. We'll, we'll see what comes out at the end and stuff. But if you take out Tony, then I'm a little skeptic. Maybe we'll go to um, to maybe the free agency to pick up some depth. 
But as long as week one, if we see him and he's looking top, tip-top shape, then I'm buying on that. 100%, man. T- with TPs in that, in yep. that room, <laughs> all day and tomorrow, I feel good. But real quick, I'll do a, a last bonus question before I let you go, man. Um, I've been hearing you guys talk about the past, man. I want to hear two of your your um, opinions. So I can think of all the Dallas Cowboy moments and stuff, and especially since we're talking about running backs. I want to hear two of your running backs, your favorite running back and the, the running back you enjoyed most watching. If they're the same, just talking. My favorite running back is DeMarco Murray. And then my the one I enjoyed the most was Marion Barber, man. I loved every yeah. time he came on the field. You're talking about Cowboys running backs? Weapon? Are you talking just Cowboys running backs? Oh, just Cowboys. Okay. Gotcha, man. Appreciate you, big dog. Good call. All right, brother. God bless, man. You have a great day. You as well, man. Just want to give clarification on the Ridgeway thing. Um so, so Ridgeway, again, I don't remember when it was. So September, so it was early. It might have been week two. But I do know they had an opportunity to, to IR Dak to keep Ridgeway, and they didn't. They, they waived Ridgeway. Um, the plan was to get Ridgeway back to the practice squad, but he was claimed on waivers. So he never made it back to the team. He was cut slash waived, and the commanders picked him up. Um, I can't remember, though, if Dennis Houston had been cut or not just yet. I knew they got rid of Dennis Houston fairly quick. <laughs> and then Dennis Houston made it to waivers, and they brought him back. So, But it was a whole lot of roster gymnastics. Um, so your question, you said favorite running back and running back you most enjoy watching, Marion Barber. I mean, it's, it was so much fun to watch. Uh, for Cowboys... I mean, how do you not say Emmett? Unless you're not, you know, obviously if you're young, but but definitely Emmett Smith. And then Marion was my favorite to watch. Yeah, that's where I would go with that. What about y'all? Mike VA said we uh he said see Turpin highlights. We need to use this guy. He's got something to him, man. Salute to you, Rolo. Enjoy your weekend, man. He said he's on his way back. Yeah, he was fun, man. Rest in peace to, to Mary and Barber. Chris said Emmett and Barber. That's how that's where I'm at with it. Emmett and Barber. In regards to the question, he said, your favorite running back, Cowboys running back, and then your, your, your running back that you enjoy watching them or had most fun watching. Um, and then some people will go back. Tony Dorsett, a lot of old heads. I'm surprised Danny ain't up in here. Uh, I know a lot of old heads. Uh, my step pops is a huge Dorsett fan. There it goes right there. Thomas says Emmett and Tony. Yeah. A lot of old heads definitely will prefer Tony Dorsett over a lot of the Cowboys running backs. Jesse said he loved watching rookies here. Rookie Zeke was something else. That's for sure. <laughs> Vic said Randall was cool before he stole the undies. Yeah. Um, Clebo said they kept Tristan over Ridgeway. They did. And then they cut Tristan. Remember that? They, they, they cut Tristan Hill later, so. Yeah, so for me, Emmett and Barber, but I wish I was old enough, all jokes aside, 
I wish I was old enough to really enjoy watching and seeing a guy like Tony Dorsett in his prime, man. I hear the stories. Obviously, you see the highlights, but highlights only do so much when you're in the feel and in the moment of the game. And the reason why I got to bring that up, man, uh, dude, some dude on Twitter is just he's a young cowboy fan. And every new cowboy apparently is better than all the legends like Troy Aikman and, and Irvin and and Emmett and these guys, he's saying these guys are better and, and Hall of Fame and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, man, we seriously, as young Cowboy fans, need to do like real legitimate research on your team, in my opinion. Uh, so you can have an understanding and appreciation and respect uh, for these legends of our franchise. Because you can go pop on a highlight and you still just don't understand that time, that specific team that era unless you really kind of dive into it so you know when i hear things like troy aikman would be a third string quarterback look i get he played with a bunch of dudes but do you know who troy really was what are we talking about you know so you know our young fans i urge you to to truly research the history of your franchise man and i digress on that a uh, herschel walker yeah herschel walker was was like that too but you know Fortunately for Herschel, we got the three Super Bowls because of Woody Dancer. Come on, man. One of the best kickoff returns in Cowboy history. Was that the game where uh, the pickle juice game? Y'all remember that against Philly? Yeah, Thomas, I agree. Uh, the young Cowboy fans need to do their homework. 100%. 100%. All right, let me get to... I saw a bunch of Super Chats roll through here that I did not have a chance to get to because we're we've been having some good conversations today uh, i appreciate y'all i decided to stick to two topics because i thought that these topics would kind of get you guys thinking uh let's see where we at here okay just a couple of them i missed no i'm not gonna say it i almost said it but shout out to Shaq, the vikings fan super chat he said, uh, lost the OG and damn and cousin within the same week. Make sure you guys take time out of your day to monitor your physical and mental health. Tomorrow is not promised. Depression is faceless. Uh, man, I did not, did not expect that Shaq. Uh, my condolences and prayers out to Shaq, the Viking fan. He's not a Cowboy fan, but he's here a lot and he supports. So make sure y'all, y'all support Shaq in this moment. Um, after losing his cousin and his, and his OG, uh, also, uh, recently, Shaq lost a cousin to to depression in one of the most uh, gruesome ways you can. So, I sympathize with you, brother. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a faceless battle, as you said. It's a quiet battle you don't see until it becomes loud, and when it becomes loud, it is almost impossible to to turn around unless they escape that attempt. So. We are with you, chat. Hmm. Uh, then Towboat Ty. Super chat. He dropped one and said, happy fourth to the bomb squad. America the GOAT, because there's no other country with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Shout out to you, Towboat. Appreciate the super chat, man. Um. So, speaking of 4th of July, next week is obviously 4th of July week. We will be out Monday and Tuesday for the holiday. And from now until the start of camp, 
we will be doing three shows a week. Next week, from a primetime standpoint, Mo will be out. I know he was out this week. Uh, he was he was handling some family things, but he will be out next week. And I will I'll be here, but I'll only be here for three days of the week for the rest of the off season up until July 24th. Um, I will also be out for vacation for a week in a couple weeks. So I will let you guys know. I will keep you up to date on that. But given where we're at here, it's that time to where, you know, if you do this the way we do this on a daily basis, 24, not 24, seven, but 365, you got to find that pocket to, to spend with your family, take a vacation, clear your mind, kind of get that reset. Because as you guys know, that are here with me for the last couple of years, especially under A to Z. Once training camp gets here, it's full head of steam, man. It is a seven, eight straight month nonstop, maybe more than that. Six, once the season started, six, seven days a week for me. But, you know, six, five, six days a week, nonstop. So we're going to go ahead and take our break, get ourselves together, get that reset because it's on, man. It's on, and I feel like something special could be happening this year or something different, toxic, could be happening this year, and we got to kind of prepare ourselves, all right? So recap real quick. Next week, we'll be on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, off Monday, Tuesday, and then after that, I probably will be out for the week to take um, our vacation, spend some time with the fam, and then after that, it'll be another three-day week, and boom, we in the training camp. We in the training camp. I'll be down there for a few days, July 31st to about August 4th. So if you see us, me, Vach, Law, I'm Law going to be on there for like three weeks. Uh, and other Cowboys content creators, come holla at us, man. Come holla at us. Appreciate that, Jack. Appreciate that. All right. I think we good to go here, man. Feels weird because I won't be seeing y'all until Wednesday. But please don't come back looking like JPP. Okay, I watched the video yesterday. And honestly, that video definitely made me change my mind of going to get fireworks. I was going to go down the street and get some, you know, real fireworks, right? Nah, nah. <laughs> no, sir. I'm not getting no real fireworks, man. Somebody lit their fireworks off in a driveway and all the kids and families around and that thing. Just one off in front of everybody on the ground. So, no, we're not pulling no JPPs. But if you are one of those, please be careful. I don't want y'all coming back on here and y'all got to type like this. You know, I want y'all to. We don't want chicken peck. Learn your lesson from JPP. Okay. Uh Oh, yeah. Yeah, CJ. We're going to be live at Kent every day. Every day right after practice, me and Vosh going to go back to the hotel, fire up the system. Boom. We're giving y'all live and direct analysis from Kent. All right. So please be safe this weekend, Cowboys Nation. If you're traveling, travel safe and uh, come on back and we'll be back on Wednesday. All right. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and press this button one last time until Wednesday. Don't be like JPP, Lincoln. That's all I'm saying. It's crazy to think, though, that that happened to him and he still was able to put together the career he did afterwards. Shout out to him.
that I did. He was able to put his finger on his screen. All right, we out of here. I love y'all. Roundtable at camp? Probably not. Roundtable during preseason? You know, before the season? Absolutely. 100%. Hey, yo, hey, CJ. I should have definitely put up the Put It In Reverse Terry video. Back up, Terry. Put It In Reverse Classic, man. Bomb squad!